Hey, Matt, let's tell our six listeners, or are we up to seven now? I'm not sure, about our new recording buddy, Riverside FM, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Yep, Riverside FM lets you record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a 1,000 miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. And it's as easy to use as that meeting app everyone usually uses for recording, but has much higher quality audio and video. And they have a mobile app, so guests can connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for the final girl of recording platforms for podcasts, webinars, and other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's S-H-I-P-I-T to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Greatest movie soundtrack of all time. Is it, is it Dazed and Confused? Is that possible? That's maybe... Dazed and Confused is probably one of my favorites. In, in it fact, is good. And they it's made one of the soundtracks second, you can't find. They made a second soundtrack yes. for it. It was so good. Yes. The podcast you are about to listen to is an account of the movies which befell a group of horror fans. In particular, Tara Garwood and her intrepid friend, Matt Lolich. Had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, although they would have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as we are to see in those movies. For them, an idyllic summer movie became a nightmare, and they loved it. The movies that they watched were to lead to the creation of one of the most terrifying podcasts in the annals of American history. The Scary Movie Project. Hey, peeps, this is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies and lull you to sleep with the sweet sounds of horror. No, not really. Um, not at all, actually. I'm Tara. Hello, I am Matt. Today, we are not going to talk about a movie necessarily, but we're going to talk about uh, aspect, I suppose, right? Of Very a movie. aspect, yeah. Uh, we have um, friend of the show, uh, my former boss, um, Bill Vaughn, is joining us. Uh, for those that shameless promotion here, for those that listen to my website, hilltopvideos.com, yes. you've heard Bill and I ramble about werewolves and zombies before. <laughs> so now we're going to talk sound. Um, Bill's on. Bill is a sound engineer. He's everything sound you need to know. I'll let him say more of that. But he's going to join us. We're going to talk about sound in the horror film from the beginning to today. So, Bill. I want you to say hi to everybody, and um, I want you to kind of kick us off and um, okay. let us know what we're going to do. All right. Well, just a quick intro. As Matt said, I'm Bill Vaughn. Uh, I've been an audio engineer since I was 17, uh, working in New York, different recording studios and so forth. I've served on the Grammy board as vice president and co-chair of the producers and engineering wing. So um, I recorded a lot of music over the years, a lot of uh, movie you know, soundtracks, like independence, nothing major. So I, I can't get credit for that. Um, but I've been of royalties, uh, right? Royalties. Of royalties come in. As long as those checks come in, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Royalty. So 
What I want to kind of, you know, dig into, um, I think it's one part that's often missing in people's minds when you, when you think about good horror movies, and that is the audio mm-hmm. behind yes. horror movies, whether oh, it's yeah. the score or sound effects, um, yep. things like that, that we can, you know, give people another perspective of when they watch a movie. Can we agree on something right off the top is that yeah. in film, video, whatever in general, people will forgive bad video. They will not forgive bad audio. Not at all. Oh, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. But ironically, some yeah. of your new filmmakers pay don't pay much attention to good audio. So you look at some bad independent films, the right. audio is the one thing that yeah. that's usually lacking. You got to get it right. You right. got to get it right. So, yeah, man. So we'll kind of we'll go through the, the different eras of, of movies and, and kind of go from there with horror movies. And yes. you know we yes. love horror movies. Yes. So, and then after our history, Uh-oh. I have a little uh, a little treat for our listeners. Oh, I have devised my. a cunning plan. <laughs> I oh, have a, uh, a trivia quiz oh, for Lord. you two to compete oh, on. So it's going to be like Jeopardy. We can look can I, can forward I be, to that after the after the history. Can, can I be Bert, can I be like Burt Reynolds on, on Celebrity Jeopardy from SNL? <laughs> you don't want to be uh, Sean, Con- I'll, I'll be Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. <laughs> Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. As long as somebody is Sean Connery. Yeah. Then, I'll be Sean Connery. Then, I'll, I'll accept okay. that mission. Then, yeah. Matt, you can be whoever you okay. are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bill, you want to get us started off with the, the history of audio and horror films? Yes, yes. So let's start from the very beginning when uh, before movies, before they were talkies, before you can sync audio talkies. to video. Love talkies, talkies, as they yeah. call them. Love them. A- afterwards, yeah. It's so all the rage. Sil- exactly. So the silent movies... Um, Typically, they would play in theaters, and they would have uh, either live organists um, or sometimes a small orchestra, uh, really based on the theater. I mean, you didn't have the same theater distribution system as you have now, with the uh, with it, with you know something that's going to be consistent all across the board. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of my favorite movies of all time, and I saw it when I was probably about eight years old at a day camp, when it must have been run by art students, and um, because we saw, I saw a lot of classic black and white silent films. Um, but my favorite film, one of my favorite films is Nosferatu. Mm, oh, so man. good. See, I'm not the only one that watched these films at a very young age. See, Bill did too, so. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. yes. I, I was I'm a late alone. bloomer in horror. <laughs> <laughs> so Nosferatu, I mean. It's amazing. If you, you because they've recently discovered the original uh, score for it that the, the, person who was who was like you know, the actual like real like the the real not the real just okay, actually okay. the sheet music okay, um, okay. wow that's that so been incredible. cool so what they did was they they put it back into the later um wow. releases of nasratu um you know for video so um but you know but, but before then you know sometimes you know you'd have the piano you know pianist playing or sometimes even a phonograph would be playing a phonograph player would be playing we talked about when we reviewed dracula remember when they go to the cinematograph and they've yes, got the, exactly, the phonograph exactly. playing yes exactly. the, london, the london theater that's right exactly i mean you got to keep in mind too the reason why you have organists and especially organists and 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 um a lot of the uh the symphonies because you had to really project that sound because you didn't have loudspeaker systems mm-hmm. like you do now right so um can i just say how mm-hmm. amazing that would be terry i mentioned this. could you imagine going to a theater and watching nosferatu and listening to an actual live orchestra that would be the most incredible experience Dude. ever yeah i ever. can imagine I but just, you know oh recently they did um get out at um, oh, Strathmore yeah, with a live I love that movie too. That would be, oh, that would be so. I got to do something like that. I got to do. I got to do something like that one day. That's incredible. I mean, that's that's that would be incredible, actually. Oh my god, so, that's really cool. 
So that kind of that was that was kind of the the fit for that particular era until like 1929, uh, the talkies came about. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite actors, and I'm just really being facetious, <laughs> Al Jolson. Yes, uh, <laughs> so, Al Jolson dancing the Charleston on top of the on top of the Chrysler Building. All the blackface. So um, so yeah, that was in 1929 when you know talkies started to come about. So that's when music started to become an integral part of, of music making. So we start going into what, what you call a, the golden era, which is between the 30s and the 50s. Um, you had these big studio complexes, and the studios a lot of times had their own orchestras that provided, you know, yeah. music. And, and most of it back then was, was, you know, it was pretty much symphonic type of music. That was the music of the era. And this is so, this what you kind of see reflected through the different eras, whatever the popular music was or the popular instruments. Yeah. Is pretty much what was, which was used during those times. So, thirties to fifties, that would be like your black and white monster movies, and black like and, yeah, um, Wolfman, Frankenstein, yep, stuff like that. Um, sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Okay, yeah. I mean, mo- and most of the most of the composers for these uh, for the movies for the films all came from uh, symphonic backgrounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So, but you know, they they uh, if you listen to music, you know, they, it's, it's so involved. Even with small, because you have so many different instruments, you have instruments to actually mock, um, I don't say natural sounds in a sense, you know. So you would have impactful, you know, pieces like the timpani, timpani drums. If you hit, if you heard timpani drums, you hear those in, in certain tense moments. Boom, 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 boom you know. So sure. you know that's that it helped to create the impact, you know. So mm-hmm. and it was it's sometimes the simplicity throughout the film is what really made it work, and you see that later in things like uh, like Jaws with the two notes. Oh right, dun, right. Dun. So do you guys? Dun, dun. Uh, you guys have all seen Fantasia at some point yeah. in your life, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that one scene where they play the the, the, the song is one of my favorite classical music songs, "Night on Bald Mountain" by uh, Muscorgi, I think it is. That okay. track is. It has those drums. It has that creepy music. Everyone yeah. says Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Bach mm-hmm. is like the scary. This yeah. song, The Night on Bald Mountain, is way, way better. Love it to death. And that's like an instance of I actually saw an orchestra. I was recording a shoot for someone else, but they played that song. Okay. So I kept my camera rolling, and I made a cut of it. And they, it was wow. um, Catholic University, I think it was. But, yeah, listening to it live, okay. amazing. And imagine that with like a movie or something. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that's yeah. You know, I mean, and I don't mean to sidetrack right now, but imagine if you and, and some. some oh, we sidetrack on this show. Oh, pretty, much, sure. pretty much what we do. I am a sidetracker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a. I, I pull tangents all the time. Exactly. But you have filmmakers that will make films based on music. Based, they they, they kind of come up with the music and build a film behind mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. You know, which has some solid examples. Why not? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I can see that happening. You know, just you want to build you know around what? that. There has been yeah, plenty, yeah. plenty of little videos I've made over the years where I've heard a track somewhere, yeah. and I've got it in my head, and I imagine what I want to do to it. And I yeah. have done pieces because I've loved a song so much, and I'm going to do something based around it. So that makes sense to me. I mean, how about Pink Floyd? Oh, oh yeah. Dude. You know, Pink Floyd, you know, off the wall. You know, not off the wall, the wall. Yeah. Think of Michael Jackson, the wall. Maybe yeah, the so. Greatest, the greatest. Sure, the Who's Tommy. I yeah, we've, I mean, that's we've, exactly. we've had We've had this conversation before, Bill. We've mentioned great movies, but then we always discuss, too, with our, 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 our friend as well, where we always say, you know, we talk about great movies, but, you know, what's what's that great album of all time exactly. also? Like, is exactly. it one of Michael Jackson's? Is it The Wall? Is it, exactly. you know, like, I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah. so many great choices, man. Yeah. So many great like, choices. Don't leave out Prince and Bowie. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. 
Come on, man. I, I wonder what kind of music they're making wherever, whatever the afterlife is, uh, whatever they're doing. Oh, I can man. Only imagine. It's good, I'm sure. Yes, yes. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's, you know, the era was great. You had a lot of great, um, you had a lot of great composers back then because they came, a lot of people were trained in classical music. Though jazz mm-hmm. was still prevalent through pop, but it didn't really make, um, you know, the soundtracks to horror, especially because jazz, unless you do a really dark minor jazz, it's, it's really hard to put jazz mm-hmm. into, you know, a lot yeah. of uh, horror movies. Unless you're just trying to make that weird juxtaposition exactly, or whatever, I guess. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But another side note, uh, actually put in some notes, you know, the 50s is also where guitars start to make an appearance in movies, but not really in horror movies, but it started to make appearances in movies. Mm. You huh. know, so, so the first film that uh, showcased it, um, the rock and roll guitar, was uh, Black Boy Jungle. Okay. So, um, you know, it's just, it was a new instrument, you know, in terms of being amplified and, and being introduced mm-hmm. to popular, you know, it was, it was that was the young crowd. The young crowd was listening, they were listening to guitars. So then later you would see, you know, in terms of like regular pop movies, you'll see Chuck Berry show up in movies and things like that. So, it's awesome. you know, but I never, I, I, I still have to find an example really of guitars in the 50s being used for horror movies because it really didn't come about until like the 60s. We started well, to hear this come about. Okay. Yeah. No, I was going to say. Interesting because um, horror films are so ahead of the rest of the movie yeah, yeah. industry in some ways, but they were like behind in that. Yeah. 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 That's kind of interesting. And with guitar, I think guitars are so expressive that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, 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 maybe it was just because of the 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 way they would play, you know, uh, during that particular period. You know, using jazz and rock and roll and blues, it really wasn't. I guess nobody really thought of a horror composition because I mean, a lot of stuff was made in minor keys and and you know mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, major keys. I'm sorry. So it kind of had a more of a happier feel to it. You know, you can't, oh right, yeah, for the guitar stuff. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, well, that makes the, sense. For those that are watching this episode, you can see Bill is quite a fan of guitars and bass also. So. Yes, <laughs> we can see that. <laughs> <laughs> my stable, my stable. Um, yeah, I love them, man. I feel, I feel secure around them. Um, so as we exit, exit, I'm sorry, the 50s, <laughs> we start going into the 60s. This 60s, is where, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Um <laughs> Um, pop and jazz started to become, you know, a trend in music, music, regular, typical music scoring. Uh, but, but symphonic composition is still included in many films, especially horror mm-hmm. films, just because it was easy to compose horror pieces. But the one thing that came out through the 60s was the jump scare. Oh, okay. Which is okay. huge. Now, I mean, it really, really got refined and used yeah. a lot in the 60s. It was, yeah. it was always like small examples in early horror, but the jump scare. Yeah. So Right. It was a cornerstone technique of horror bah! films. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was often used, uh, it's still like even now, used in video games. Um, Ooh, but Resident, it was attended, Resident, yeah, Evil. Resident Evil. Prime yeah, example. Yeah. Oh, God. Prime example. Oh. Prime oh. example. You know, serious. you know something's about to happen. I had a serious addiction with that video game a very long time ago. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was. It was designed to, to scare the audience by surprising them with, a, with an mm-hmm. abrupt change and in, the, in, in an image or the event, usually you know co- co-occurring with a loud, frightening sound. And if it's done right, it'll get you. It'll, it'll get you. Oh man! And that's mm-hmm. that's when. And, and, and thing is, what I love about this is that this is also a time when when the filmmakers starting to you know and the, and the and the composers start to see these things like how can we make these right. make these things happen? Yeah. You know whether it was done through a live orchestra or done in foley spaces, you know they they created the, the, this intensity when these things came up. So I, one quick thing, 
And yeah. we're going to talk about Foley later. So, so that, well, that was one thing I want to bring up for everyone that's, that's listening <laughs> that, that knows a lot of what we're talking about, though. They may not. So you want to tell them quickly what Foley is, just in like a brief sentence, I guess? So I said in a nutshell, Foley, in yeah. most simple <clears throat> terms, is, is where you can add sound effects to a film after the fact. Foley rooms were separate studio recording studios that had, they would have coconut, um, a shell of coconut and a half to make like a horse I, I sound. Love, clop, 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 clop. Yeah. There is shoes on gravel. Exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. There is a great, um, on I think the special edition of The Exorcist. Yeah. They way that they did all the noises of like when she's ripping through things like the, 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 the like the, the handcuffs uh, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they have all these, cause the way, it's just like these simplest little, just like household items that make yeah. these incredible sounds. It, oh, yeah. dude, like like with, oh, like with Star man. Wars, Star Wars, um, for especially the early films, um, they use actually they hit a piece of metal like uh, to make the laser sound and it's the laser. Pew, pew. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like it, you would never think how is that like? Yeah, because synthesis wasn't quite what right they were there. looking for on that, mm-hmm. but that sound right. was yeah, perfect. Yeah, you know, so it's whatever whatever oh. works best. Skywalker oh, I just sound. remembered. I forgot to bring up something during the 50s. Okay, well, Can we what? go back to the 50s for yeah, a second? Please. So, what? so the Wilhelm Com- scream. Communism? Yes, let's go to the Wilhelm <laughs> scream, please. So, I just heard about this recently. So the Wilhelm scream, for those who don't know, is a a scream that was recorded in, oh. uh, in 1951 for the movie Distant Drums. Uh. Um, they found this out, like, I think they found this out fairly recently. They went back and, like, found where it came from. But wow. They, they had this scream, and it started being done where, I don't know how exactly it started, but some, um, oh, the Ben Burt, the sound designer for Star Wars, okay, um, discovered that original recording, and he used it in a scene where Luke, like, shoots a stormtrooper, and the stormtrooper falls off the edge yeah. of a ledge, yep. um, and they used the Wilhelm scream, and they... He named it after Private Wilhelm. Uh. Um, and so he started using it in a bunch of other films, and then other sound designers started picking up on it. So it's become like a tradition to stick it into a film yeah. wherever there's screaming going on. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Why um, not? So let's see. You want to hear some movies it's been heard in? I would love yes, to. Yes, please. Okay. Well, the st- all the Star Wars movies up until 2018. The last okay. one was, was Force Awakens. Ask all of okay. The Indiana Jones movies. Ah. Uh. Apparently, a whole bunch of Disney movies, including Toy Story, Cars, Up, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Hercules, and it's been used in Game of Thrones. Wow. So it's kind of used across all genres. I was going to say, right. Okay. That's awesome. And apparently, it was originally voiced. Here's another little tidbit of trivia. It was voiced by, they think, by this actor, Sheb Woolley. Um, again, uh, in the movie Distant Drums, okay. who also sang the 1958 song, The Purple People Eater. One-Eyed, One-Horned, Flying Purple People Eater? Yes! Great, great song! Yes, the guy who sang that song apparently is that's the man who recorded song. the Wilhelm scream. Oh, that's hilarious. Wow, oh that is so, hilarious. Thank you for letting me go back to the 50s for that. I had totally we, forgotten to say that. You know that what? While, right while we're still in the 50s, or while we're still in the golden era, let's talk about one... Great instrument that was introduced to films, um, especially the sci-fi horror films, was a theremin. Oh, they're so cool. Mm. You get, 
They're the ones yeah, where you yeah. wave your hand over yes, it to play yeah, it. Yes, exactly. Yes. I've seen them. So yeah, yeah. let me get a quick description of it. It's an electronic musical instrument controlled with physical contact by the theremist, the performer. It's named after Leon Theremin, who patented it in 1928. So it was a slow ride to, uh, say, to success. Yeah. Um, but the controlling session consists of two metal antennas. Um, I think one is up and one's to the side and the other piece to the side. Um, and that sense relative position of the theremin's hand, so you're, you're literally composing with your hand as you work in it. It's um, like a Nintendo so glove. Yes. <laughs> so, so, it, so it controls the oscillator for frequency in one hand and amplitude for volume with the wow. other hand. Do they, can, can you get one of these today, or is it like yes. impossible? Yes, they, they, you, okay. you can buy one made, and they'll also have theremin kits. I would you like put one to try for yourself. I mean, it's, it's to me, it's now granted, it's just like the, uh, the Wilhelm Scream. It, it was used expensive? in other movies. It was used in like Disney movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, what was the was the the Monster House, whatever Disney movie with the Haunted House, whatever. Oh. It was in that movie. You know, it was just in anything with science fiction, you know, sci-fi right, films. Right, right. But the first examples in horror were The Red House and The Spiral Staircase, uh, 1947 oh. and 1946, okay. respectively. Okay. Um, but, you know, you, you still, you'll still hear it, you know, after the fact, like in some movies now, you know, even later. So. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's still it's still about like even some pop music and 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 some jazz music has presented the theremin. All right. I mean, it's it's a melodic instrument if you if you know what you're doing. But I've heard it's extremely hard to play. So I can. I'm I mean, sure it's, it's gotta be. You don't have notes to know it's what like... you're playing. You have to like be in position in relation to yeah. where. Like, what if you have it on a higher table one day? Then all of a sudden, all the notes are in a different place than your muscle memory is used to. Like, exactly. That's oh, a yeah, it would be so hard wow. to play. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's amazing because they were able to record this stuff and and, and mass produce it, which was incredible. So, um, I was afraid when you guys were saying go back to the fifties, we were gonna start talking about communism. So I'm glad we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. So we got the theremin in the. 50s and the Wilhelm scream. In the yes. 60s, we got the jump scare. Yep. Yes, the jump scare. Now, also, you know, the jump scare, you know, was still used afterwards. But let me do one of the best examples. My favorite examples of the jump scare is probably in um, Psycho. Yep. You know, okay. it's sure. this, it, 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 you know, the shower scene. Exactly, exactly. Or, or jumping out of the room um, to come get the detective. Exactly. That's like a, whoa, man. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 jump scares, and, they, and jump scares thrived in the 70s and 80s, which we'll go to in a few minutes. Sure. Um, the Thing, Friday 13th, you know, movies that they used them. Um, and even. Oh, the end of Friday the 13th. That's like my yes, favorite. Yes, yes. And Insidious. Oh. Insidious, it oh comes up. Oh, my gosh. You know, yes. even like, so the more recent movies. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just sure. a popular technique used in filmmaking to yes. help create that mood, man. Oh, it's great. Now, the other thing that came out in the 60s, too, was, was stock music. You know, so sometimes records were, uh, well, you didn't have money or a budget for a full band. People would compile records to actually mm-hmm. make a soundtrack. of. And typically, stock music is okay. music that hasn't been really sold. It's not really a right. song on the radio. It's just, you know, certain studios would just have this music on, on stock, you know, so... I love to see. I've seen the argument. I read an article recently about making a highlight video for something. It's just basically yeah. to show like that you're a good editor. Yeah. And it, it, it's arguing the case for making a video out of nothing but stock footage of video and of audio. Yeah. Nothing you nothing you created yourself. Yep. Yep. Because so. I mean, you you have to you have to really make that fit into the vision. Yep. You mm-hmm. know somehow, and I mean it's art in itself. So an example of stock music 
Um, it's also called production music. Is uh, Night of Living Dead. Night of Living Dead didn't have any live instrumentation. I didn't know that. No, it was I, all yeah. stock well, music compiled by William they, Luce. We're, Romero, they didn't have much money to make that. No, movie, so. not yeah, at all. I didn't know everything was already. That was all their that. buddies that sense, and their though. friends. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, 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 but that that music is spooky though. It works. Yeah, but you know, but originally it was used for for the silent movies, for the phonographs. Yeah, the, all that stock music they mm. would they would record it in that, the stock it. In that movie, so that some low... of it was music that they had sitting around for like decades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it started, they, they cool. I think, well, nineteen twenty seven mm. was the first. Uh, was it the Wolf Music was the first documented company to provide stock music for motion pictures? Okay, in nineteen twenty seven on. So. Yeah, I mean, it just it piles up. If you go to some old recording studios, you'll just see just masters that nobody's ever really heard. And nowadays, you can license it for anything, right? Exactly. Like indie filmmakers can license a song for like exactly seventy bucks and so have it in their in their short marketing video or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, I've it's, done it's, it numerous. I've, I've paid yeah, numerous me too. times to yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, definitely a win win for everybody across the board. It's lower budget. You I'm know, gonna... friendly, and then also yep. people still get paid in the end because that licensing fee, the, yeah. the, the you know mechanical fees every time it plays. I'm gonna drop a hint for everyone out there: if you want stock music though to use it for free, literally for free, don't sleep on YouTube because once you log in, it has a creator studio and it's got mm-hmm. a ton of free music on there. Don't, uh, yep. don't sleep on that. And uh, also, yeah. I had a question: YouTube has a lot of stuff. Although I, I have think used it it's only for use on YouTube. Uh, that I don't know. But, but you know, if you if, if you if you're a new filmmaker and you just want to get some, I've used some eyes on it. Start with there, and then maybe get a budget. Yep. That yep. You can pay to use yep. it. Yep. So yeah, what are the masters they keep of that? Do they yeah. put them on? Is it on vinyl, or do they move it over? Well, some of it gets moved to vinyl because um, at one point all you had was vinyl. You didn't have um, right because early music was recorded on you know straight to straight to wax straight to. I straight told to you I saw the wax cylinders. I yeah. saw an, ep- an episode of um, Tony Bourdain Parts Unknown. I don't remember where he was, but they actually were doing a, uh, one of the scenes in the studio, mm-hmm. and I had never seen it. They were literally dropping like the acid or whatever the uh, is it acetate or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, acid. Yeah. Yeah, and they're making the record. I had never seen that. It was like it blew my mind. It was so cool to watch. I mean, some bands have recently yeah. done that as their main master. Yeah. You know, just because of the warmth mm-hmm. of it, but you know, ma- you know, mastering vinyl recording is truly an art that oh, I can't imagine. Put a yeah. unique person because it, it's because it's a physical medium. So that means right. that like the wave, the, the the lower the sound waves are, the bigger the bands are, which means the needle can skip out of it. So you have They're to make treat. sure that you hit right where that needle That's can stay in, but it, but capture that low end sound. Oh, and same man. thing with high sound. High pitch sounds are smaller, so you got to you have to make sure that needle can still track. In a small, you know, that, that high signal. So it, it's an art, man. Yeah, that I, I, something I, yeah. I don't see myself get into. No, so. <laughs> that's some serious love. Yes, that is. I used to, I used to play my mom's old records all the time. Like that was all I listened to was fifties and sixties music growing Bubble up as gum. a kid. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Mom, all yes. my parents' old music. Oh my mom and, loved um, that stuff, man. I used to like Temptations four times. Yes. I used to be able to tell like where the chorus in the song was yeah, by yeah. by what the by what the groove look like. looks yeah, like, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's amazing. I mean, there's still a space for vinyl. I have a lot of vinyl in my collection, actually. Like I have racks over here. I, I haven't had my hand on a record in decades. I don't Me think. Me neither. I'm we'll take one piece of vinyl I still have that's still in the, in the plastic is the Exorcist. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. I oh, love yeah. to hear it. The motion picture soundtrack. I still have that I'd in plastic. I love to hear that. But you got to yeah, have the right. Yeah, keep that in the plastic, man. I'm keeping it <laughs> in the plastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm always searching for stuff like that. 
But you got to have a good sound system to get the real out of it too, though, right? I mean, you do, you do, you do. Yeah, yeah. Right. you do. Uh, and plus, good needles too, because you don't want to scratch yes. those records up. Yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, those, those are not turntable DJ records. Right? Yeah, no, 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 no. Nah, you're not. You're not gonna cut scratch with finesse. Nah, those. you, you nah. kind of let them play. Yeah, with weighted needles. Um, so yeah, no, but it, but the the work they did on Night of the Living Dead, just circling back, was incredible, man. I mean, just yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it really set the mood through that whole movie, and, and to know that, that you're only using stock music. That's so yeah, cool. They must have gone through so much music well, that's, to that's, find that's, the right pieces. And that's the art of it. It's, it's For you like to find that vision. Finding music, that's where, I, when I do stuff, I don't know, Tara, you, you feel, but sometimes that's a that's a challenge. you got to get that right oh, track. Yeah. you got to get that right track. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it affects your editing, like yes. everything. Yes. So it the really has to be like... It just has to be the perfect feel yeah. because yes. you're going to edit to it. Exactly. Exactly. Once you've chosen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. It affects the whole like timing of the scene and the feel of the scenes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yes. So, yeah, man, that, that, that really that really pushed that. Uh, I mean, they were still using stock music before, but not as much like some studios use stock music. But from artists, they were trying to make money off the soundtrack. Like, you mm-hmm. know, right. like Western movies were big for that. Um, we'll, we'll have a soundtrack full of records. What was it um, Clementine? Uh, oh, my darling. I think I think that was a one of the right. first oh, ones. Oh, my darling Clementine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that record sold like crazy. The record sold as much as the movie sold. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, kinda... you know what? While Ron is going to throw it out there, yeah, I'm going to make my suggestion or at least comment on it. Greatest movie soundtrack of all time is it? Is it Dazed and Confused? Is that possible? That's maybe dazed and confused is probably one of my favorites. And in, in it fact, is good. And they it's made one of the soundtracks second, you can't find. They made a second soundtrack yes. for it. It was so good. Yes, yes. That, yeah, I mean, it well, is that, really good. That movie's amazing. That movie's amazing anyway. But that soundtrack is is incredible. It is certified some of the best classic rock. Like, I'm gonna they, say modern like day, rock. like more yeah. recent ones. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy has yes, a yes. killer okay. soundtrack. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, man! In fact, they use a song uh, from Redbone. The uh, what's mm-hmm. his name? As a matter of fact, oh, oh, he's got it. Uh, he's got it. Actually, I got this uh, graphic yeah. novel okay. of Redbone. Oh, Redbone! So I still have to read it. You know, that's, that's awesome. the great. That's Very the band who nice. did it. A Native American band. It's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I think the only person that has died is the guitarist, but I think everybody. I think they still do some things here and there. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, sidetracking, but I sidetrack all the time. That's okay. We're, we're ranging. We're ranging <laughs> topics. Yeah, we're good. Stay with us, people. Stay with exactly. us. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Just take it. So, uh, so we were talking about stock music being introduced in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So, and that, and that was the late 60s when, with the horror films. Now we go in, and I'm sure there were other examples of other independent films that may have done it because it was a cheap way of, of providing a soundtrack for your movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to dig some of those up. You know, when oh, they yeah. like dig into the deep B movie uh, oh, catalog to see, right. yeah, oh, oh yeah, because yeah. oh, sometimes that may be the only time you ever hear the songs. You know, the music that was played on those movies, just on the movies itself. Um, but let's move into the seventies, man. Some great oh, movies, some of my favorites. I mean, made. some of the. I mean, this is. I think this is when the synthesizers really changed the whole landscape of compositions, and that's mm-hmm. because you didn't need a full band. Like the, mm-hmm. the sound of synthesizers was so hip at that point yeah. that people accepted it. I mean, I look at, um, I guess it's not really a horror movie, but it's still one of my favorite movies, um, Clockwork Orange. Oh, come on. 
Yeah, I mean, that is synth heaven, Okay, man. so like, that, that movie, I'm going to say, Bill, you know what I'm talking about here. I think, I think Rob Zombie is one of his favorite movies, too. There's my Rob Zombie reference every episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, it might come in later, who knows. But that opening scene, of course, Stanley Kubrick made that. Yeah. That first shot where yep. he's talking about how they are in the milk bar and da-da-da-da-da. Yep. The way that just, I mean, my hands are up, you can't see if you're listening. Yeah. But the way it pans out and he keeps yes. the focus the entire time mm-hmm. and that crazy synthesizer yeah, so like is playing oh my god it's this <laughs> evolving as it's coming as it's coming tracking closer shot these yes. naked women it's just like where am i <laughs> it's just like that that scene that's to open the movie and it's like dude, dude yep. this is amazing and that set the tone yeah so is that like the moog stuff then i guess is that that, that is thing? the moog the moog yeah. uh, moog. Moog, moog is a company that made so, synthesizers yes when was the synthesizer actually first introduced was it in the 70s that it actually came about or oh was it another thing where, like the theremin where it was way earlier but it didn't really become popular until the I think, 70s. I think, yeah because people still experiment with synthesis you know synthesized sounds because the theremin is essentially a synthesizer a synthesizer sorry i'm okay. not even bourbon yet um so <laughs> you think about it, it's, it's a synthesized sound you know but it's just the modular synthesizers yeah um Modern day synthesis, well, when people when they actually started putting the modules, because what happened was you would have different modules you'll connect together, like um, mm-hmm. a low voltage, you know, generator, a sound generator, and these, and you plug one plug, patch it to the next synthesizer. Like you had bands in the 70s, rock bands, um, that would have a full wall of synthesizers behind them. Like just them. a big tower. And just plugging them in, you know, as, wow. they, as they play through songs. I mean, um, what, what was, God, what was that? What was that? Uh, the band's name, um, ELO. Nah, uh, oh, I love man. ELO. Don't bring me down. No, uh, nah, not ELO. <laughs> one of those ELs. Um, and I'll think of it later. It's, it's going to come on mine after the fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, Moog is probably one of the most popular synthesizers because it was mm-hmm. one of the most, um, one, it was definitely innovative, but it was also one of the, the first, like, majorly um, produced. It was, it was mass produced. It was, they were able to mass produce right. them. Uh, Robert Moog is the one who debuted in 1964. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, and he just died maybe what, 10 years ago, I guess, somewhere oh. around here. Um, I've definitely heard. Yeah, I remember when I listened to it as a kid. People would have old records of it and stuff. And I mean, if you if you look yeah. at a synthesizer setup, I mean, you have knobs, you have faders, you yeah. have all kind of. Pa- it's a complicated thing. It's really for nerds in a sense. I hate this music nerds, and I'm a music nerd in a sense, so it's no offense to anybody. Yeah, but that's um, complicated stuff, though. I mean, that's not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you know, even like Stevie Wonder embraced it. Yeah. Right. Um, for um, one of my favorite albums is Inner Visions, and Inner Visions Inner Visions was recorded mainly with synthesizers. Oh, cool. Throughout the whole album, he had a couple electric key, you know, electric pianos and stuff in there, but primarily it was all synthesizer. That's very cool. (laughs) And the guy who helped him produce it just died recently, too. I forgot his name, but, you know. Um, But great album, though. Great album. Um, Mark that down. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, man. And and it's a great flowing album, too. It's almost like a story. You can actually make a movie behind an old album, if you ask me. Um, But, yeah, but this, with the synthesizers came about the, the individual. Instead of using the orchestra, you had single composers who were able mm-hmm. to compose themselves in a studio. Yeah, you know, and 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 you know, and some of the examples, and you, one of your best friends, uh, Matt, is uh, John Carpenter. I love John Carpenter. Yep. Yes, huge synthesizer user. I mean, yeah. look at ha- Halloween. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's like you know my heart right there. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And one of my other favorite examples is Phantasm. 
Ooh, oh, here you go. I, so I have one uh, trivia for you, Bill. Okay. Um, in uh, now Carpenter made the music, and I think we talked about the scores, like the one-two time or whatever it's called. I forget. Yeah. But wh- wh- who who is listed in the credits as the composer that did the theme? Do you guys know this at the end of Halloween? No. I think it's listed as the Bowling Green Symphony Philharmonic or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, John Carpenter is one of those rare examples of somebody who who brings the whole package in. I mean, he yep. composed the music. And, well, that's why uh, his name is above the title of his movies, because they're his, his yeah, movies. Yeah, true they're creation his. all the way through. Yes, yeah. they're his. Well, what's the other guy who, um, musician who does uh, films? He was under, uh, he would do stuff with Tarantino. What's the guy's name? Uh, Robert Rodriguez? No. Yeah, yeah. Robert think, Rodriguez? Yeah, the, he plays guitar and everything oh, else. Oh, no, you're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read, I mean, read, he, he read his book, Rebel Without a Crew. Great, great book. Ah, gotta yeah. check it out. Gotta check it out. Um, also, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. You know, it came later in 1984, but it was still it was still coming off that 70s well, era of synthesizers. I think Terrence Which got some. We will be watching <laughs> for Halloween month this year. We'll be watching wow. the first four Nightmare on Elm Street all seen, in a row. Have you? I have your... never seen them, and I have been waiting. I have been waiting to see them so that I could see them fresh for our our Halloween extravaganza. You, you will not this be year. disappointed. How can I be down? Yeah, right. I'm right? so excited. I'm Fred like, Kruger. I keep waiting. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Got to yeah. wait. Got to yeah. wait till we record. Oh, I yeah, might man. have to watch one or two of them to remind myself. But yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are the hosts of the Common Mystics podcast. If you enjoy creepy stories, road trips, haunted locations, history, and mysteries, then the Common Mystics podcast is for you. Check out our website at commonmystics.net. Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to your favorite pods. Oh, so what about... I'll throw one in there. How yeah. about the great disco synthesizer score from Dawn of the, the original Dawn of the Dead? Yes. When the zombies are kind of just yeah. wandering yes. through the mall, and they had yes. this like just—it's so oh, I love it. It's Dude, so it's, it's it's you know that, that's a bit of like oh, um, man, like with juxtaposition in films too. Well, that's what Romero was all about—the yeah, zombies yeah. and society. You're right, exactly. Yeah. So you know, a lot of films had a, had those examples of like the juxtaposition in films. You know, even like again, going back to Insidious. Insidious, they would have certain songs that would, you know, be a happy song. Um, was Halloween 2, they had Mr. Sandman. Okay, so let me tell you guys about mm-hmm. Mr. Sandman. All right. That, that to me, because of that movie, um, it was a song I remember you know, talking about old songs our parents yeah. My mom loved that. What is that? The, the Cordettes? Is that right, Bill? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So to this day, since I've been, you know, a kid in Halloween 2, mm-hmm. that movie, when I hear it, like, I'm like in like fear mode. Like, where's Michael Myers? That movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, elicits genuine fear out of me now, as opposed to like someone like my mother who would listen to it and would think, "Oh, what a great song!" And I'm like, "Turn it off!" Turn exactly, it off. exactly, dude. So, so right. you know, so speaking of that, you know, so oh, of course, House of a Thousand Corpses in 2003. You know, that I remember you. Um, so that it, is a great scene where, yes. yeah, he it, it's 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 that scene. It's where a opening. slow motion torture uh, scene. He's basically reenacting again. Here's our another Rob Zombie reference. That's his yeah. film. He's basically, you know, reenacting Ed Gein, the guy from Plainfield, the yep. the, the, the the grave robber. Yep. You know, when he opens up the bar and he finds the women all tied up, and yeah, yeah. they're playing that song. The father finds them. 
Otis comes out, shoots him, shoots the cop. It's yeah. this horrible, horrible scene of humanity, but it's this like nice song playing, and like it totally works. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love yeah. It. Oh, absolutely, it. absolutely. So would um would Blue Moon in American Werewolf in classic, London good count classic for example. that? Classic cool. example. Classic yeah. example. I mean, you I got love that because it's also like, yeah, it does create tension, but it's also kind of funny. Like it's yeah. kind of comedic. It, it, it kind of throws you off. It kind of opens your emotion. Yeah. It, it kind of widens your emotion about the moment. I, I, I love yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like I'll mention one thing. This is not a scary movie at all, depending on what you think. But I, when I think of those moments, I th- always think of like The Godfather at the end, yeah. where mm-hmm. he's christening this child, and this great moment is happening. While at the same time, all his enemies are being wiped out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's these yeah. just total opposite yeah. of what's really happening. It works yeah. so well. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, man. Nah, it's, it's, it, just position in films, man. It's just... It's great. Like, well, I forgot... Um, yeah. So, like I said, Insidious is one of my favorite examples. You know, just... It, I haven't seen see that the, movie in a long time. Dude, they made a couple sequels, too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I didn't see the sequels. I just saw the first one. I haven't one. seen them. Yeah, but that was good. That was a good yeah. movie. Yeah. So... We should review that. We should review that. Uh, <laughs> so, going into the 80s. Ooh. You know, the holidays of the 80s. So the orchestras were starting to die off during this time because studios who want to make more money want to save some money. Because studio, you know, if you look at a like symphony musicians have to be paid, you know, um, union rates. A lot. Yeah. Right. And yeah. back then I was thinking it was like $200 or something an hour or something like that. So if you have a full orchestra in. So, so but you're not, can I rewind the 70s yeah. real quick? I'm going to two two things. Um, one, we talked about Foley and Noises. Um Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. All that, those weird yeah. sounds? Yeah. From my knowledge, what I've been told, it's a tuning fork hitting a piano wire. I can and believe that it. is what yep. gives those crazy, like, noises that make you, like, uh, cringe, right? Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. yeah. It's, it's wonderful. And then I was going to say, um, oh, God, I just totally blanked on something from the 70s now. I've totally forgotten. Oh. Oh. Um, our orchestra. John Williams. Jaws, yeah. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. He had a whole orchestra mm-hmm. for that song, yeah. right? Exactly. So, beautiful. I would love to watch that live. Oh, my goodness. That would be Absolutely. Amazing. Oh, that Absolutely. would be amazing. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, early Star Wars films, I know it was a different genre, but, oh, you know, just right. full right. orchestras, yeah. Who was the you composer? Know? Who did the, the Star Wars? I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Williams? We, we should know. John Williams did Star Wars, too? Was it not John Williams? I, I don't I, know. Maybe. That's, it's probably obvious, and I'm probably... You know, I'm probably going to, my, my brother-in-law is probably listening, and he's like, you don't know the Star Wars trivia? What's the matter with you? But I'm, <laughs> I'm blanking on this. Who did it? Uh, I was John, more of a Trek girl. John Williams. It had okay, to, yeah. I was right. Yes. It had, it had to be. Yeah. That makes perfect yes. sense. Yeah. All right, go on to the 80s. That was my two just last Oh, no, no, that's cool. Um, but, you know, why, why are we here, though? Why are we here? Because we, we, we're going to hit a couple things that happened in the 80s. Um, you know, you talk about different I you know, instruments. I, I happened in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and God, we've regretted it ever since. I'm not Jeez. telling y'all when I happened. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you when I happened either. <laughs> so, um, but no, but certain instruments would you know that were created for weird sounds would develop during this time. Um, one was the blaster beam. Invited, it was invented okay. by Craig Huxley in 1984. It's an enormous instrument, uh, 12 to 18 feet long. It's made of about 24 piano strings and movable Jeez. pickups. Pickups are where you can. Like it's a transducer, like a microphone for strings, so it can mm-hmm. pick up the sounds, okay. um, and a motorized, which can be motorized, but it looks like a long lap steel guitar, and it creates like these weird tones that That's, they're not really musical, but they create know, a weird tone. Heard of this thing? Yeah, wow. definitely look it up. A blaster beam. Um, blaster beam. 
You also have the... Uh, I would think that would be in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you would think so, right? The water phone. Invented oh, and patented that, by Richard Waters. So is that a hydrophone, is, as, as I know it then? It's kind of, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Okay, you know, that's it's, what I it's, so, so it's in a harmonic acoustic instrument. So it creates primarily by the vibration of the instrument itself without airflow. Okay. Some, some instruments need airflow for sound to resonate and create, right. like, like a horn and stuff like that. Um, stainless steel resonator bowl with a pan with a cylindrical neck and bronze rods of different lengths and diameters around the rim of the bowl. Okay. Um, and a resonator that may contain small amount of water, giving the water phone a vibrant, erythral, erythral yeah. sound and creepy sound bends. It's like a so waterbed microphone. It's like playing glasses. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, like that. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's a unique wow. vibrato Good and analogy. shrill metallic sound. That's yeah, so cool. like playing like yeah. where people yeah. play glasses. I love and that. They exactly. That's the edge. Exactly. So it looks like a big plate with with rods hanging out of it. That's what essentially it looks like a metal so plate I'm with metal to think rods. Of huh. a, a movie that I've heard something in either one of these. In. Wow, um, okay. well, the phone was used in Poltergeist. Oh, right and, on. And Aliens. Oh, dude. Uh, okay. Both so good. So yes. I, wish, I wish we had known when we did our poltergeist, but aliens. Okay, that's badass. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um. God. Then the other piece, other instrument, is called an apprehension engine. <laughs> it sounds like something that would be in a horror movie. Now, the thing is, you would like this one, Brandon, because it's it's, it's uh, created by Mark Corvin. Okay. Who created the film and and TV composer? He created. He's a film creator, and he created The Witch. So he this is... sound, so that sound is used throughout the witch, which is is, is oh, it is meant I to create apprehension. Okay, it's, so the the from what well, I just know the director Robert Eggers, who yeah, did yeah. It, but I, I didn't know the sound guy. Okay, so that's yeah. him. Oh, that's oh, that's fantastic. So it was, it was made amazing. It was, it was made for the sole purpose of creating sounds that are disturbing. Oh my god! And which come from the manipulation of a variety of strings, bars, wheels, bows attached to a wooden box. I gotta get That's one so of these. That's so cool. So it looks yeah. like a, it's like a, almost like a wooden version of a steel, like a steel lap, a steel guitar. Oh man! But with additional wooden and electronics attached to it, and it's, so, it's literally nothing else sounds like it. I heard that for mm. the witch, that part of what Eggers wanted to do was that all the all the music at least had to be something that you would hear in that time period. Yeah, yeah. Like instruments everything that would have, could have been played yes. in that time period yes. and everything. So this, though, was not for the music it's so much music. Just for just, the sound, for the ambient. Yeah, okay. Exactly, exactly. Nat sound. Um, and yeah, I mean, definitely look it up. Anybody oh. who's listening to this, definitely look it up and you'll, you'll get the examples and realize what, you, what you've been hearing. It's not really, it's not, it's, I think because we get to us now like synthesis that these things are easily created when sometimes using mm -hmm. actual instruments um, works. Well, you that know, movie was crazy them. authentic, so I'm not I surprised that by that. Now, he did uh, the yeah, uh, he did amazing. work on the cult film Cube horror cult, horror sci-fi. I never saw oh, that movie. Cube, Cube is great. Yeah, it's I haven't seen so it good. Yeah, I've never seen. It. I've heard about it though. But yeah, oh, but, you guys have to see it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. really, really just dark and. Screwed yeah. up. It's great. Mm -hmm. I like I've it. heard. I've heard. I haven't seen it, but yeah. So there are two 80s sound, like, well, I guess synthesizer stuff again we could maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you got to listen to the theme from Slumber Party Massacre because yes. that is like synthesizer yes. heaven, basically. Yes, yes. And please listen, do yourself a favor, go on YouTube. Please listen to Friday the 13th Part 3 theme. Okay. It is this amazing, like, heavenly mix of disco and synthesizer. 
that is just you, you have to listen to it. I can't Dude, even explain. I got I got to check it out. Then. <laughs> no. I got to check it out. But, but yeah, now, that so, was those '80s. Like, yeah, they loved those. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was great. I mean, and like I said, for for horror movies, because sometimes horror movies didn't get the bigger budgets. No, like the no. regular sci-fi yeah, dramas and comedies got. You know, so you had a lower budget, and that means you had one composer and no musicians to pay. You had to do what you could. Right? You had to do what you could. So out of practicality, out of out of, out of limitations. He created, they created something great out of these things because yep. they definitely created a mood for these movies, man. Synth- like, I couldn't imagine watching those movies without the synthesized sounds behind yeah. them. Yeah. Of course. So um, let's move into the 90s, man. This is when yes. things, you know, 90s up until now, actually. So one thing that, uh, that really changed a lot and just me working in music business was, um, you know, computer-based digital audio workstations. Dawes, right Dawes. around Yeah. So that made you a lot. That, that allowed you to, to really compose and record within the box, within the computer. Um, and it improved over time, you know, with, with, mm-hmm. with better analog to digital converters and things like that. Um, better computers to handle the, the, the crunching that you had to do, the number crunching to actually record, ingest, and mix. Well, I remember. And output music when I started editing. I mean, it was on Avid, and that was yeah. a very, very long time yep. ago. We yep. were still, I was still learning, we were still ingesting a lot of VHS. Yeah, yeah. And that was, uh, what, you, that was what you did. Yeah. And so I remember yeah, that was, you know, if I, I remember that. Do, if I had started doing this stuff five years previously, it would yeah. have been a totally different, more analog kind of world. Right, exactly. Dude, I'm going to tell you, digital, digital recording has, has come a long way. I, re- I just remember when, early on, we were recording to digital, to record like a let's say a guitar track for a three minute song, we literally had to let it render for half a day. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then I mean, yeah. sometimes yeah. things render for a while now, but man, I remember when I first started video, how long it took shit to render. Yeah. But we thought, oh. but we thought, but we thought it was like fast at the time. Yeah. We're like this yeah. is great. It oh, only sure. takes four hours. It was better <laughs> exactly. than the alternative. Exactly. I exactly. I know. The other thing that came about too that kind of saved a lot of money and space. Um, samplers. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. digital samplers, digital audio samplers, um, basically can you you say you can you, anything you record to it, you can assign it to a key and you can play it back and it's recorded into into the RAM inside. Well, to yeah, into the the memory of the. It's unit almost like the so. instant replay we used to use too, right? Like instant that, replay, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's an earlier version yeah. of instant replay. Yeah. In fact, um, so many studios started uh. Buying Sinclair, Sinclair is like one of the first samplers yep. used in the studio. And those were crazy expensive. Oh, I'm sure. But it's you had all your sound stocked up, and you can take any sound you hear outside, record it, bring it back, and assign it to a key. Yeah. So you know, so so now the foley work started reducing because you didn't have to have somebody keep doing it over and over. You actually right. had it right here. You can yeah. build your catalogs up. So that that came about, and then also um, virtual instruments had gotten better. So. Yep. You know, you had like string sections that sound lush that you would think came from a real string section, but it's from a virtual instrument. Yeah. You know, so it allowed these composers to have more access to just having access to synthesizers. Now you have access to real sound, like sounds that sound realistic. Like it sounds like a string, not a synth string, but a string string. And then it just makes your special effects and everything just sound so much exactly. better because it's real. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of cases, they would, you know, you would have that. What it allows it to do as well, I'm sorry, is that you can, one, you can collaborate collaborate across the board with different people. You can, um, early on, we used to use, uh, God, what was that? What was that connectivity, man, we used to use? Um, Firewire. Nah, not fire. This back then, like, we had to send something over the, over the internet. Before you had, um, 
high speed routers. That's how that's how my mind is going. It's getting mm. going. That, was, that was my attempt. Ethernet. To I just threw it. It was, out. It was before. It, we still used the Ethernet cables, but it was actually the the route the oh. the, the, the modem. Um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what no. is it? Um, it, it was the same protocol for VTC, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, yeah, on. yeah. Bill and I are like going into our own I don't world even here. remember. Yeah. And, 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 people, I, and people used it for VTC for a long time because it was it was right. secure. It was it, like point to point. It's going to come back to me. Go on to something else. I'm going to yeah, think yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to come back to me, too. I'm going to scream it out here in a minute. Or come back to me next week. Don't scream it. But you can collaborate with some different people. I know. But you can bring somebody in your studio or somebody can, you can give them a two track of what you got already and send it mm-hmm. to their studio um, and they can record their parts on it and send it back to you, their parts in an individual mm-hmm. track, isolated track. Um, so you had a lot more, you know, flexibility on how you actually produce the music now. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have to rely on expensive sessions because this is also a time like the, 80, the 90s on now is when the larger studios began to shrink. Yes, yeah. I was going to say. Yep, you know, because the cost is so high. Yeah, those big-time um, studios are like history, right? It, they're history, man. And it's so sad because I just remember when I used to work in New York and studios in New York, most of the studios were in the village, like downtown, the village, stuff like that. You know, and it got to the point they all turned to condos. Everything turned to condos. Yeah, so, Which you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, but that's what came about because people started exchanging music for free. It was no longer the same business model you can rely on to make money. So ask Metallica about that, right? So. Yeah, you go. Yep, there yep. you go. So, but no. So this it simplified the process of um, DW's DAWs actually simplified the process of, of composing the film because almost virtually all uh, you know all DAWs have some sort of way of syncing the film. You can input the film into the DAW and you can start mm-hmm. scoring as you go. Take a break. Go surf. You know, play video games, come back and continue where you're at, you know, and everything is still synced up. When you finish, you can send so that cool, back, yeah. synced up, you know, right. to the filmmaker. Yeah. Um, makes life so much easier. But um, the good thing about it is, too, that it's like you, people started getting real creative with the um, production because they would take, even though they would compose mainly on the uh, DAW, they would also reach out to sometimes an orchestra to bring in certain parts little horn section to bring in certain mm-hmm. parts so it started becoming started coming back to the collaborations again mm-hmm. yeah kind of you know because now you start to see now it's easier to get the main product going and then you can start stacking on top of it to make it sound even richer yep. so yeah it's it's, it's so it, it's a, hmm? so cool oh see, so a couple things that i know that have been used more now um i i think than in the past at least i've seen it more in in modern day things are um Infrasound. Yeah. That infrared. So infrasound is sound that is like twenty hertz around or even lower. The human ear can't hear it. Yeah, Yeah, the human ear can't hear it. It's too low for us to hear. But it makes you feel unsettled. It's been known to make people like throw up, like get nauseous and stuff. Well you know the funny it's 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 because it's like the vibrate even though you can't hear it, the physical vibrations are happening. Right, it's still vibrating your eardrums. It's still, vi- and, it's still vibrating your, your blood. Your, I mean, body your body and your fluids yeah. and all that, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and so horror films I know are using those now Yeah. to, yeah. like, make people feel unsettled. And then the other Fine thing I wanted to bring up that I love now um, that the movie A Quiet Place does is that diegetic sound design. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, it's all in the world of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's so prominent 
Yeah, because they all have to be silent. That like there's that in the very beginning of the movie, she's the mom is shaking out pills for her son, and you can hear the pills sort of go. Yeah. In the pill bottle. Yes. And you're like, ah, yes, ah, yes, yes, yes. Whatever there is after you is going to get you. Yes, exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, man. That's awesome. so I love that. I don't know when when those both sort of came in, but I know yeah. that they're both used nowadays. And a lot of times, because that, that situation, they don't normally mic it, then they'll mm-hmm. either sample that sound somewhere else and then. Put that into the timeline. For the yeah, fully right it's on It's kind in. of too perfect in a quiet place for it to have been just like yeah. the that sound. That yeah, they yeah, recorded. yeah. I mean, you still got innovative filmmakers who'll still push the bounds and really get that sound because you can use like a was a parabellum mic and kind of shoot yeah. directly into the yeah, sound yeah, to get it. Yeah. yeah, right. So nah, dude, that's a that's a great example actually. Um, the other thing that came about too, just uh, a lot of pop music enters like some of these uh especially the teen movies oh sure mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. you'll, you'll hear something like a more popular upbeat teen song you know played throughout the movies as part of the soundtrack because again soundtracks still sell mm-hmm. you know especially when cds were still selling you know people so buy the cd to okay. the soundtrack i love in pet cemetery the original pet cemetery yeah you know, stephen king is a huge ramones fan like he no makes oh, yeah. about it and when they play um, Sheena is a punk rocker. Yes. When the truck driver's getting geared up and he's driving into town and he's going to kill, you know, he runs over the kid. But I, I, that's like a, you know, like a modern like song yeah. that, you know, I actually listen to because I, I like the Ramones. They're cool. Yeah, I love and Ramones. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, you don't hear it. It's not like a created score. It's an actual yeah. Yeah, song that yeah. is played. So I think that's yeah. I, well, they I, do I, it I like to that. set. They do it to set tone and time period as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like um, House of the Devil. Oh. She's listening to her to her yes. Walkman, yeah. you know, yes. and you're hearing songs from the '80s because yeah. it's an '80s homage oh. film. Yeah, what's the what's the song that we love? Um, that's in the, that she's rocking out to. Oh god, I forget what song it is. I just remember that she's One, listening uh, to it. The fix. One thing leads to another. One, One thing, thing yes leads to another. Love, love yeah, that song. so good. Love yeah. that song. Oh my oh, gosh, man. Oh yeah. man, we're Great singing example. a lot in this uh, episode. You we know, don't usually sing. Well, we're talking about music, <laughs> so I guess so. We, this is true. This is true. Probably should. <laughs> but now, um, you know, film started going back to the bigger budget, so you know, you had a lot more collaborations. So mm-hmm. this, this is what I love about you know just the flexibility now. So I think. What you see it now, if you kind of, it's like an amalgamation of all of film, audio yeah. coming together from early on playing it live out in the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for the audience, whatever. And then you also have all these different instruments that come in. You still use a live instrument, at the same time using the, the, the workstations. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you're doing, you know, just using stock music that's available that may fit yeah. the particular tone of the, of the movie. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, just, Seeing where it's going now, and I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what are the next steps moving forward. Right, with film. exactly. That is, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about it, but I can't but wait see, to hear it. You know, one thing so. they tried to do at one point, and it didn't really work out. And I thought, it, and I knew it wasn't going to work out because it only worked out in films with surround sound. You know, music surround sound. Oh right. And and not you know you can do surround well, with having with, a with, great surround sound system for a movie is pretty awesome. But I mean, exactly. But people don't have it at home. So it still had to translate right. to a stereo mix. People can't set up two speakers correctly, much less right. five or seven Most speakers. Most of us, we have, the, we have the bar that fakes surround exactly, sound, exactly, and then we exactly. have like one woofer in the back. You got to exactly. have it. 
you got i mean i remember when i had a setup years ago i had a five one it was so good and yeah oh man just the like rain behind you and doors closed yeah, those, yeah. they would be so good man i mean one of my one of the first mixing consoles I had in my studio was a, a yamaha o2r and i had the option for five to one and seven one mixing oh wow um send it out to the you know you send it out through the buses so i had my studio i had it set up at you can you know, do two it in the back three up front I mean, I know uh, Final Cut nice. did it. I think Premiere can still do it. I've never yeah, even attempted so. to make a mix out of one of those pro because I don't know how to yeah. do it. But you can do it. Um, you can do it. But you, I mean, you, the thing is that you still have to deal with is phase issues. Oh sure. If if, it's, if things are not, if yep. the speaker's not perfectly in place, you actually lose a sound. You know, because the, the waves are uh, cancel each other out. Yeah. Here's my yeah. recommendation, or no, if 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 you want to use your surround sound, please watch Twister in a five-one surround sound uh, and turn it up. It is the best surround sound movie I think I've ever heard. It was hmm. I watched it on a friend's system once. It was incredible. Yeah. incredible. Dude, when they remastered the audio for Apocalypse Now, oh, and I went to see it. When I, oh. the, the, the Redux. I went so to the theater to see it. So there's another great. So I love. I mentioned I love classical music in these movies. Yeah. Um. So the Ride of the Valkyries dun, 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 that they play in dun, Apocalypse dun, Now. Oh my god. That is one of my favorite scenes. After they finish surfing, you know, I mean, he's like, come ah, on, man. You guys are in town. The waves are kind of high today. Robert, Robert Duvall. Yes. I love the napalm in the morning. Oh, Let's get out there. Oh, Blue Rally. That's my man. Uh, so, not yeah. a scary movie, but All whatever, right. yeah. Are you guys ready for some Foley trivia? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Give me what you got. I'm probably going to get them wrong, but I'll get it. Exactly. All right, here we go. I'm getting so, it. How, how, how do we I got, answer? Do we just I jump in and answer? I got seven questions for you, so you just, just jump in. Whoever jumps in first and right. gets it right, okay? Okay. All right, okay. Okay. All right. All right. number one. Okay. No, I'm not going to number them because I won't remember what number I'm on. Anyways, <laughs> the first one is, what food was used to make the stabbing noise in the shower scene in Hitchcock's Psycho. Oh, God. Oh. I should know. Steak? I, I, it's a total guess. I have no idea. A burger? I don't know. Okay. A cassava melon. I feel like I've heard that. Are you serious? Okay. I'm a cassava buy... melon. I've now never even had a cassava one. melon, but now there you go. Now I'm going to go buy one and stab it, and I'm going to record it and play it back and see yeah, what yeah. it sounds like. Hey, All right. All right. Yeah, so you guys are zero, zero. We, we, you got to do better than this because one of you got to win. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. We'll try. All right. Ready? Yeah, let's go. You can do what with water to make a gurgling blood sound? Put, um, Heat it? Air. Put air in it? Or... Uh, you guys are... There's, oh, the there's kind of some clothes. There's I'm, some I'm, clothes coming. I don't know what else. Okay, so can you, can you say it one more time? I'm sorry. You can do what with water to make a gurgling blood sound? Sit it down the sink. Let it record water going well, down I'm going to give you that one. You probably can do that, actually. Flush it? I, <laughs> I'm giving the down the sink to Bill. But okay. this, right. what I, I found was I there's nothing. a veteran Foley artist, Gary Hecker. Okay. He puts the water in his mouth and sprays it out. Are you serious? Like different oh, ways, okay. yeah. I can see that. Wow. Yeah, he just like puts it in his mouth, like and then just sprays Foley, it. Yeah. Foley work is creative, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's, it's stuff you would never even think of. I mean, it, it seems it, so simple. Is, it, you yeah. know, they, they use artificial means to make it. It's realistic. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's and, amazing. And, it's, and it's usually very simple. Quite frankly. Yeah, simple. it's it's yeah. so simple. Like right. I wouldn't have thought of that. Like oh, you just no. Yeah. You just burble water in your mouth, like yeah. So many exactly. Foley artists out of work, man. Foley artists need to come back. So right. I actually, right. the next one, the answer is a Foley artist I know. 
Okay. He's the local Foley artist um, here in the D.C. area, or at least used to be. I don't know if he's moved, but he used to live here. So what does playing with raw chicken sound like? What I'll give you a hint. What bodily thing does Bottle playing with raw chicken sound like? like? Like your bones breaking? I, I don't know what it's supposed to be. I mean, My, my, my answer is so wrong that I'm not going to answer. Well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're going to go down that road. I'm trying not to. We're talking about horror movies, right? I mean, okay. What is it so supposed to be? According to Matt Davies, he's a Foley artist at Studio Unknown. Okay. It sounds like pulling out intestines. All right. So uh, my guess was. I can see right, that. What I, I can see, see that. Bone, bones breaking. So like, okay. All right. Yeah, anyway, I, I can I'm see gonna... the bone breaking too, though. I mean, if you want to yeah, break the I... bone. You know, if well, you we're about a... to go into that. The yeah. next question is Uh-oh. what food sounds like breaking bones? Oh, okay. And there Uh-oh. are two right answers here. I would say, like, squishing a fruit again, I would feel like some sort of fruit again, maybe. Breaking bones. <laughs> like that kind of you know, like cracker or something? Um... Busting open something. Yeah, Give me like a hint. They're both vegetables. Carrots? Oh, like snapping a yeah, maybe snapping a carrot or something. I, I mean, I would think might work I for would you. Maybe take or a carrot. Celery or making crap with uh, celery. Maybe Matt yeah. gets it. Yeah. Okay. Celery or cabbage. Yeah. Okay, wow. oh, cabbage. Yeah, and but you I can, can a, also a big... use like a little bundle of sticks and leaves. Okay, interesting. I, I could see a big uh, healthy piece of celery and just snapping it. That I would think make yeah, celery yeah. more than carrot because it gives more of that like. It's fiber. Yeah, it's, like it's a, a little bit of fiber in it. Yeah, it's very yeah, fibrous. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, right. so you're one to one, guys, and we got three more questions. Ready? I'm gonna get right probably. Okay. Punching a watermelon can make what kind of foley sound? A door shutting, maybe? A head getting squashed. These are all horror-related, hon. A head getting squashed in or something, or... I mean, I don't um, know. It could be. Somebody's punching. head getting hit by a bat or something? I'm, I'm trying to think of what a punching a watermelon sounds I know. Exactly. I don't really know. That's why I said a door. I don't even know what it really sounds so like. So I think, I think a head getting smashed so in really... could work. But uh, the answer here was punching, grabbing, or whirling a watermelon around, however Breaking you a whirl a Breaking watermelon a around, wow. makes great blood splatter audio. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just trying to picture even what it sounds like. I, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. All right, here's another – this is another hard one, but – Okay. So think, just think about this one for a minute. How would you make the sound of skin creaking, which just gives me the chills to think about? Ugh. Skin. Skin like creaking? Like when skin – yeah, like when skin gets like – Okay. You know um, what I'm talking about? I think so, and I'm trying to – I mean, I know – This one would be really hard to guess, but it makes sense. Mm. When you hear it, <laughs> maybe again, tw- like you said, I remember you were talking about twisting like a bundle of something. I-, I feel like that, or like maybe using some. They talk about skin being like wax paper sometimes. Maybe like crunching paper in a ball well, or skin something. Skin of a cooked food or something. I'm trying to think like yeah. a food. skin of a cooked food. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, skin like, of a cooked food. People say like yeah, like 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 someone's skin was there. Like a really elderly person has like wax paper skin or something. Maybe like crumpling something. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Or if it's That's being like the skin's being peeled or something like yeah. like I made some salmon the other night with the skin on, oh. and yep. pull the skin off, and as it it actually okay. sounded pretty pretty gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can so, use actual yeah. Okay. Actual so Matt Davies something. twists a baseball glove. Oh, Which leather. I'm guessing because it's leather, it sounds yeah. like it, right? Yeah. So he takes a baseball glove and like uh, twists it up. Okay. 
All that right. makes sense. Yeah, that's isn't that sense. isn't that creepy to think that though that leather very... sounds like skin because it's skin? Well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is. I'm yeah. a vegetarian, so I'm like. Bleh. That's interesting. Okay, makes <laughs> sense. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Last one, and this one has a very specific answer. Okay. <laughs> it has an actual correct answer. No, like no. No. No fooling around. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. No okay. ballpark. This has a correct answer. Okay. What kinds of blades were used to make the sound of Freddy Krueger's claws? Oh, God. I should know this. Garden shoes? Uh... <sighs> I'll give you a hint. There are two different kinds. Blades. Not not knives. Not like a chef's knife. Not like, like a like sword or... A blade. A certain blade. blade. Okay. Two I, different kinds. I know the sound of his... Because I've seen the movie, so I know the sound. I'm just... But I just don't. I just. I just. Don't yep. Know so it. there's the like, there's the like sh- sh- sound, yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. the like and then the, where it's, sound where it's, where it's scratching across like actual like pavement or. There's brick a or like ringing sound, yeah. and there's like a ch- ch- sound. Like the I would think chick ch- ch- would be like a good like some garden shears can probably make something like that kind of noise. I guess. But I well, bet they was, could. Well, that was um, groundskeeper Willie on The Simpsons when they did the spoof, right? Wasn't That's right. <laughs> that is not what they use, but I bet they could use garden shears. I. I, I <laughs> I do not know. I really, I don't know. So the ringing sound okay. was a machete. Okay. Sure. And wow. the, the sharp, like, snick, snick sound was surgical steel blades. Oh. Ah. Probably okay. taking them and doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, nobody forth. can see me on the podcast, but, like, we cleaning them together, scraping yeah. them across each other. Like you're, like you're... Um, sharpening something. Yeah, man, exactly. to pick that sound, what, what kind of mic they use to pick that? How, how, oh, did, man. how did they record it? You gotta have like a crazy so, silent room. So you guys yeah. tied. Wow. At uh, one point each. We, we both lose anyway. <laughs> I'm surprised that I got one of them. We're gonna call it that you both you. won. We okay. both lose because you both tied. Do we get participation trophies? <laughs> you get participation <laughs> trophies. Yes. Okay. You get well, booby prizes. Okay. <laughs> then, I, then I then I guess it's worth it. We the booby prize is being on our show. Yay! Yay. <laughs> oh, one more. Yay. Um, I'll just add one more um, interesting soundtrack score or whatever. Okay. Tara, we, we liked it. Um, the movie Ravenous. Oh, so good. The oh, very, and Ninth very, Gate. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's so, right. Ninth Gate. So, Ravenous has this very bizarre ding, 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 ding tone to it. It's, yeah. It, I've never heard it. It's so odd. I love it to death. Yeah. And then Ninth Gate, like I said I, before, I, I love classical stuff in movies, thanks to Kubrick. Um, yeah. I actually, um, you're talking about nerding out. I own the Ninth Gate soundtrack on CD. It's I know so it's terrible. Good. Wow. It, I, it's, it's I got to listen to it. It's beautiful. I, I, I've actually used it in a few of my productions. I know it's just technically um, whatever, but I love the music. It's so spooky. It's so haunting, and it's so like orchestry beautifully done. It's awesome. I love it. I, I gotta listen to it again. I mean, it's like oh, the thing yeah, is, I, I love go, go YouTube it. You can watch the whole mm-hmm. thing on YouTube. I love Johnny Depp. I, I, for some reason, I couldn't it's get through that movie. A, oh, that movie. That movie is one. Of I gotta my look. I gotta get, maybe movies. I was in a different time, different space, yeah. time and space when I was watching it first. Oh, I'm gonna watch it again. It. I'll watch it this weekend. Try it again. Fact. It's a yeah. really good movie. Yeah. At least the music, at least by itself, is yeah. fantastic. So, okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's yeah. that's. I, I think that was a tour that was um, pretty uh, thorough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, you so know. you got any other knowledge you want to drop on us, or did we pretty nah. much hit everything? I think we hit everything without us going into long, deep tangents. Right. Yeah. That would last for hours. I, Without I about, this being an actual like great courses, <laughs> exactly. Right. This, this, is, this, this is more of getting people introduced into so they can research even deeper right. into, into yeah. what 
what else is out there. And you, know? you should get deeper because, yeah, it's, it's such a huge part. We mentioned at the top. You know, yeah. people forgive bad mm-hmm. video sometimes, but they don't re- forgive bad audio. So it's, it's key. They do not. It's, it's huge. Know. Yeah. I mean, exactly. A film, I mean, so for me, because I'm an audio person, it may, and this may affect other people moving forward if they start li- listening deeper into music and audio and films, is that you'll never watch a film the same way again. Mm-hmm. Because yep. as you listen and you're analyzing, like, oh, now I get this is what they did. This is the technique they use. Oh, mm-hmm. these are the instruments they use. This is how they put this together. I listen to the separation of the music, you know, and it's just everything. Yeah. You know, well, it's I, funny because for the, for the lay person who's not an audio person, like, if the audio is really good and right, yeah. you don't notice it at all. No, you don't. Like, exactly. It's, exactly. It's the uns. It's the. Yes. It's the yes. pun intended unsung hero. Exactly. Exactly. Movies like it's so, it's so needed. Yeah. To make the movie right, but if it does its job properly, you won't really notice it. So next time you're watching a horror movie, just like think about the audio a little bit. Listen yeah. for yeah, it. Yeah. Pay mm-hmm. attention. Like. Yeah. Yeah, Audio man. deserves to be listened to and paid attention to. Exactly. It's yes. important to. I would say yeah, watch a movie huge. without audio and see what happens. Oh, well, yeah. That, that's what happened, I think, in, in, in Halloween, where um, when he made a cut before the music and stuff, um, the producers, yeah. you know, the, the folks with the money were like, eh, I don't know about this. Yeah. They, to- they told Carpenter to make a bunch of changes, which he didn't make, of course. Yeah, yeah. But he added then the score, and they were like, oh, uh, my God. Yep. Yeah. This movie yep. is terrifying. <laughs> yes. Yep. 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 Yeah, that's what it is, man. That is yep. the beauty of it, man. Yep. That is the beauty of it. This was fun, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Bill, so much yes. for being here. It is uh, my Thank you both for being such good sports about my... Yes. Hey, bringing I'm, a, I'll uh, do trivia whenever a I might trivia get it right, test on you. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always up our it. friends at Laughing with Gingers. I stole uh, that yes. from them because <laughs> they play games all the time on their podcast. I think we've done that with them when we were on. Them before, we did. So, yeah. We did it with them when we when we were on their show. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So wow. I stole that one from them. Thank you. Thank you, guys, friends of the show. Yep. Thank you. Um, yes. So thank you for being here. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you for having um, me. I really enjoyed yeah. myself. Yeah. Is there I mean, anywhere people can find out more about you? Yeah. Um, yes, actually, you can go to my studio uh, page, um, which is uh, urban-intlek um, intellect on uh, Facebook. Okay. You can find that on there. Or you can go to the website. Same spelling. So it's, uh, you know, U-R-B-A-N. Dash intlek.com. All right, thank you. Yeah, so, so, so next up, guys, we're reviewing the Babysitter, which I'm really excited Ooh. about because Matt has not seen it. Ooh. No, he hasn't. And this is your your uh, episodely reminder to subscribe to the podcast. Yes. Remember to follow us, rate and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening so more people can find us. Yes. And don't forget, guys, you can send us your movie suggestions or your thoughts on the movies we've watched so far at thescarymovieproject at gmail.com. And yes. you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Scary Movie Project. Later, Absolutely. Gators. Hi, guys. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. <laughs> The Scary Movie Project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies. 
the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.